words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This is the fourth Sunday in Lent and the 52nd Sunday in COVID tide. We've been marking a significant milestone this week. It's been a year since COVID-19 was declared a global pandemic, a year since our churches and schools closed, a year since we shouldered this particular cross heavier than we could have ever imagined. I recommend to you a resource called Bent Not Broken, which is a look back on the first year of COVID-19 of the pandemic and how it disrupted our mental health with advice on how to manage our well-being moving forward. Just Google bent, not broken, and there's several resources there. I myself read one of the articles on the seven red flags of post-pandemic trauma, and I have three of them. Watch out. And me and my household have done pretty well. I share this because we all need to take seriously the effects of what we've been through and not try to just buckle through or push on through. Marking this milestone needs honesty, humility, hope, and a commitment to the hard work of healing. And thinking about the pandemic and it being a year and we're going into the second year, which is different but still marked by the reality of the pandemic, I, I thought about milestones, as I just said. And here's the classic definition of the developmental milestones for human children ages one to two from the CDC. By the end of the first year, some children have developed skills such as taking a first step, smiling for the first time, and waving bye-bye. Children may learn by this time how to crawl, walk, or jump, and your life suddenly becomes terrifying. That last phrase is mine, not official CDC uh, uh, definition. Into the second year, toddlers are moving around more and are aware of themselves and their surroundings. Their desire to explore new objects and people also is increasing. Children show greater independence, begin to show defiant behavior, recognize themselves in pictures or a mirror, and imitate the behavior of others. We are pandemic toddlers, reaching some good milestones, like being able to recognize ourselves in a mirror after finally getting a haircut, or waving bye-bye to the worst of the pandemic, or trying out our smiles again. And on the flip side, 
We are engaging in ever more dangerous behavior, like moving around recklessly, without masks or distancing, showing defiant behavior which makes no sense, and imitating some recklessness of others. Marking this milestone is a necessary opportunity to grieve, but also, also to turn toward the redevelopment ahead of us and in a very Lenten way to do some deep reflection on where we are, be honest about it, clear-eyed, get help when and where we can, seek and ask for forgiveness, receive that mercy, and look through the cross towards the resurrection that is sure to come, scars and all. Our gospel today helps us do this with one of the most well-known passages of scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. God gave God's son who went through every stage of human development until adulthood, who knows our every weakness and pain, our strengths and our joys, and our temptations, who knows all this and who taught us how to be lifted high on a cross, to be put on a cross, but not to stay there. This beloved passage of scripture points directly to the cross, what it is and what it isn't, and maybe most importantly reminds us that the story does not end on the cross. It moves on toward resurrection where the cross is made empty and pain transformed, and then onward to the ascension to be lifted away from what Bishop Barbara Harris called this Good Friday world. God and Christ showed the way. We are lifted up, but also taken down, taken off the cross, lifted up to the cross and taken down off the cross. There is an empty cross for a reason. God's immeasurable love is that reason. He gave his only begotten son and the process is painful as we know, as our Savior knows, all too well. The process of transforming the crosses of this world into signs of resurrection is painful. This past Friday, I used a resource for our noon online Stations of the Cross called From the Way of the Cross, The Path to New Life by Sister Joan Chittister. Often when I read her, I think what more can be written. She, she, she really explains and gets to the heart of things so well. 
And in that resource, she wrote that every journey through life is a deeply personal and forever unpredictable one. No two of us ever do it in the quite the same way. Except for one thing, we are all of us at the mercy of change and beholden to the fragility of time. This we know too well after a year of pandemic. As we try to walk or crawl or jump into a time when we can be together again. Sister Chittister asks, when there's no way out but through, when there's no clear course through the murk of it all, what do we do then? Where is the model of strength we need to stay the course, to live through the pain, to assuage the hurt, to find hope in the future? Where in all the in-between places of life are the signs of promise that, beckoned us, that beckon us beyond pain to its, to life's burgeoning fulfillment? The ongoing human effort to understand the cross, to understand the place of suffering in the human search for resurrection from death to life is part and parcel of what it means to be alive, she writes, and to grow and become our best selves as we go. It is not only part of the spiritual process of human development, it is essential to the process of stretching us to the very breadth of our souls, even when we are soul weary. Clearly, she writes, Jesus' last great gift to the church is to show us what it means to lose everything in life and still go on to more of it. This is a gift we need today. Part of our response as a congregation, as a parish, to this time we're in are two exhibits that we have here right now. And I, my hope is that they are a means, a way to enter into the reflection of how to move from losing everything to going on into more of life. And they are our original photographic essay of 14 Stations of the Cross, called The Cross and COVID, and our COVID-19 Memorial Cross. I hope, I hope people will come and walk those stations and reflect on the meaning of the cross and COVID, and then also participate in creating the memorial cross. Bishop Barbara Harris was the first woman consecrated in the Episcopal Church, and she died at the beginning of the pandemic last year. 
She always encouraged the church to invest in the wider mission of the church, engaging ourselves in areas of public life beyond the borders of our parishes and our dioceses. She said she encouraged us to work to lift up the least, the lost, and the left out. I believe these exhibits that we are offering help us do just that. I encourage you to come down, like I just said, and walk the stations outside. As I came into church this morning, I saw two strangers doing that. They show these stations, show a reality of the pandemic that is intense and clarifying. And the COVID Memorial Cross is interactive. It's under construction and will have ways that you can help personalize and contribute to it. A community memorial we are all invited to participate in as a work of remembrance and transformation. As we endeavor in ways large and small to convert, to transform this Good Friday world and the, to, to support the people it crucifies, may we remember Christ's work on the cross to lift us all, as Bishop Harris would say, to lift all of us, the least, the lost, the left out, and I add, the lonely, the isolated, to lift us all up and beyond the cross, to remember in that way that God so loved the world that God gave God's only Son in order that we would not be condemned but would have life eternal. Amen.